Hello, everybody. Welcome to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. My name is Marcus Speller. I am jubilant Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. I'm Pete Donaldson. I forgot them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hello, everybody. I haven't forgotten. It's lovely to have you with us. How are we doing, chaps? Peter, you okay? Uh, Clearly not. Clearly having some kind Mm. of presentorial breakdown. Is that a thing? Let's let's make it a thing. If it is, you've definitely had one. (laughs) What did you think was going to happen when you got your microphone ready and heard us all in your ears? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I heard Luke's voice and I was like, something happens here. (laughs) (laughs) Did you sort of temporarily forget who you are? We've all yeah. been there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Jim, don't you get involved. I remember your performance <laughs> in uh, Leeds, I think, on the live tour when you had to do a bit of singing. Oh, yeah. Oh, Peter. <laughs> no, it was Sheffield. Sheffield. It was Sheffield. Sheffield, yeah. that's it, yeah. Peter, that's a very low blow. It was the only... Bearing in mind, we had to do a... I mean, how long did the song go on for? Sort of two to three minutes where we all had our <laughs> formations and we had to sing. And out of, what, 16 live shows, only once... Did did yeah. one of us ever so momentarily make a slight error? And you're highlighting that today. And how many shows yeah. and how many football ramble daily shows have we done? Thank you very much. The percentage, the party percentage wins. Well, Good night. It's, <laughs> it's a Tim Sherwood win percentage shout. <laughs> <laughs> the standard ah. Donaldson deflection tactic. Yeah. Oh, oh. Get your dead cat off my table. well gentlemen before we start today's show we have a very special announcement to make ladies and gentlemen you asked and we answered i am delighted to announce that you can now listen to ad free episodes of football ramble daily by signing up to our patreon page Every single episode of Football Ramble Daily can now be listened to without any adverts. Just sign up to our Friend of the Ramble tier on our Patreon page and you can start listening straight away. You'll continue to receive weekly episodes of Ramble On and the Mailbag too, as well as the other bonus content we put out every week for our Patreon subscribers. You can listen to this ad-free Football Ramble Daily feed on almost any podcast app. So just sign up now for just $10 a month at patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. That's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily, you beauties. Good news, eh, Luke? Yeah, very good news. Very, very happy to uh, be able to deliver that to our listeners. It's something that's come up time and time again. So if you want the option to listen to the show ad-free, by all means do so by signing up over there at patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. I'm excited. Jim's excited. Pete's excited. Jules is excited. Andy's excited. And as you can probably tell, Marcus Speller is very excited. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm also um, quite excited that we might have a bit of football soon coming yeah. from our German brothers and sisters. <clears throat> uh, uh, without a doubt, the Bundesliga, our favourite league in the world, is going always to return. <laughs> yeah, I always loved it. <laughs> but the thing is, though, that's the, we, we, actually have, we have actually always respected it. We just don't talk about it that much because it's done elsewhere on the network. But it's, it's a great league to come back. Yeah, yeah it is. Oh, it's, yeah. it's so, you know, it's, you don't want to sort of delve too far into the idea of the German stereotypes of efficiency, but it is... The, it is so very Bundesliga that they've they've found a way, isn't it? And that they've got, they're mm. just so clearly organised with it as well. Which is, I think, mm. that, I don't think German football was even professional to like the mid sixties. Incredibly, yeah, sixty three. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's absolutely mad. They'd won the World Cup. Yeah, mind you, same with Brazil, I could suppose. 
Um, well, the German government have given their, their back and, of course, to the league's restart. I think there's maybe a few I's and a few T's that need a dotted and crossed. But, of course, Andy and, and Luke mapped this out brilliantly on uh, on the continent, I may say. Um, but it looks like the league will incredibly resume on the 16th of May and will be treated to the, uh, forgive pronunciation, Revier Derby between Dortmund and Schalke, which is particularly good for us, considering what huge Schalke and Dortmund fans we are. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with this, Marcus? I'm just we, saying. We have the right to watch this football as the same as anyone else Absolutely. does. Absolutely. It's the same game. Just we invented the if, bloody thing, etc. <laughs> I just I just feel, though, that I just want to put it out there that we're not jumping on a bandwagon here. We're the real deal, okay, when it comes to the Bundesliga. <laughs> hey, Peter, you bloody love Schalke. I've always enjoyed skateboarding, me. That's why I've uh, bought myself a little... <laughs> Little skateboards going down the uh, going down the south bank with the lads. Yeah, exactly. you know what I always do when the when the Wimbledon's on, I get a tennis racket. When the World yeah. Snooker's on, I buy a snooker queue. I'm yeah. that guy. And now the Bundesliga's back. Grow I am a diehard Dortmund <laughs> fan. Although they're not even apparently you don't, you're not even supposed to call them Dortmund in Dortmund. You're supposed to call them Borussia. Um, oh, I've nah. got. I, I've literally to celebrate this. I am drinking a cup of tea out of my Borussia Dortmund mug today. Oh, That's see? how tragic I am. Beat that. But you I do can't. sort of look at the, the, the situation that obviously uh, Angela Merkel and the government have, have kind of come together and done uh, what can only be described as an excellent job. Obviously, a lot of big pharma is based in Germany, so obviously they had a slight uh, technical advantage when it came to providing um, uh, testing kits and stuff like that. So there is that aspect of it that they have been quite fortunate uh, to, to be able to restart, but I'm I'm so glad that... In a really selfish way, we've got something to talk about for the next few <laughs> yeah. weeks. I'm just... Pete, the other thing that's really interesting about it is just that um, <clears throat> we 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 get into a situation in, in 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 when we're so used to football being. I know it's got its own differences, but it's quite uniform across the, the world in terms of how it's played and what the rules are and stuff. So mm. we kind of be forgiven maybe for looking across to other countries and saying, well, if they can bring football back, why can't we do it? Mm. And actually what's really important to state is that the situations in each country are very, very different yeah. and and um, they're much further along the line than, than we are. And of course, clearly much further along the line than places like France, Belgium and the Netherlands felt like they were. And obviously they weren't able to, to continue. So I don't think it necessarily says anything to uh, about about our division about what we can do but w- one thing that came out Marcus I mean I'm very kind of you to, to point out OTC yesterday and that's still available for people to listen to of course but one thing that we didn't cover because it came out slightly after we released yesterday's episode was that um, in in a poll done in Germany um, about whether people thought the Bundesliga and the Bundesliga's vice should come back it actually came back about 50-50. Yeah. Now, the reason I bring that to the table is because we're in a bubble here, and as Pete's alluded to there, and absolutely understand why, that you know we're, we're desperate for it to come back if it can be done safely and if everyone can be protected for obvious reasons. We don't need to go into what those reasons are. They're obvious. But we are in a football bubble here. We broadcast about football. It's part of our life every day. It's part of our working life, and we're huge enthusiasts of the game. But it is worth pointing out that not everyone in Germany is behind this. And as Andy said yesterday, it's a real test of their reputation to see if they mm. can get this right because there have been yeah. players who have who have already flouted the rules and have been banned and they have to keep a really tight leash on it to make it a success. So um, it's still going to be something of a testing ground. But if it's done safely, it's something we can all get behind and I'm bloody looking forward to it. 
It's not going to take much for the whole thing to kind of fall to pieces, I think. How, how are they kind of tracking players' movements? Is it all on their mobile phones? Are they uh, Nile Ranger kind of ankle braceleting it? How, how's it working? <laughs> I don't know the detail of how they're tracking and tracing the players mm. particularly, but they've got a system in place where there's regular testing and they've got um, a, they, they've been able to run games where they limit it to only a certain amount of people being necessary to be in the stadium yeah. for it to happen, and so it's, right. it's I think they obviously they, they they've got a handle on them um, on 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 the spread of the, the virus and all that kind of stuff. But they I think it will be under constant review, and they will yeah. need to work hard to win the public over more broadly. Um, so it, it it really is a kind of watch this space situation at the moment. Yeah, I think one of the things, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it coming back again for selfish reasons, because even now, so far into the lockdown, I find myself on, on a Saturday or a Sunday, just absentmindedly looking forward to match of the day. Do you know what I mean? Just thinking, <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to sort of settling down in front of that later, just to see what everything's happening. Oh, no, oh, there isn't one. So actual football returning. It, uh, to, where it's live and you don't know what's going to happen it's just what a treat that's going to be it's the little things isn't it not being able to predict the future because you're watching old highlights on youtube is something i never thought i'd have to appreciate but here we are mm. as long as it doesn't kill pete's film club i am on board <laughs> so so you think this is going to carry on do you actually someone tweeted us show us that there's something like two thousand football films on netflix so maybe it will <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, the Bundesliga lame to fit the remaining nine rounds of fixtures as well as the the cup semi-finals and and final in in a in a, in a short time. Of course, all done by the end of June. And uh, Gary Neville was was talking about this, and he said he hopes that the Premier League can watch and learn how the Bundesliga goes about restarting football. And he said, "I'll be hopeful the Premier League are on their way over to Germany somehow to see how it goes." And it was the word "somehow" that that, mm. that jumped out in that sentence. And I thought to myself, "Well, yes, you're not sort of meant to travel, so are they going to sort of bundle themselves into a back of a van or something and get over to Germany? Fire up the Premier League yeah. boat. We're going over there. Hide in suitcases <laughs> on the plane." The, the, the... The big, uh, the big problem with um, uh, the Premier League is they can't seem to decide, or players, uh, teams rather, can't decide where to play all of these neutral, <laughs> neutral venue matches. And obviously, they've sort of said that St Joseph Park is uh, not fit for purpose simply because of the TV cameras. You're like, well. TV cameras can be installed, surely. It might look a bit mm. shit, but it might look like the, the the bit on FIFA when you're waiting for the game to load. But you know, it, it, it's. Um, it it is what it is. It's a safer, surely a safer situation than actually playing in several different neutral venues. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's a um there's a really good article by Marcotti Gary mm. Mar- Gary Marcotti on ESPN I think it was <clears throat> early this week about the plan and what could be done and how it could be implemented. The German situation was that um a good number of clubs if they didn't get football back and weren't able to to um, get the broadcast rights money and everything would have been in real trouble financially i'm sure and that's almost certainly the case certainly for um for you know a large percentage of football league clubs in this country as well so it, mm-hmm. all the stuff's got to be considered but they they can't agree they, they, part of the reason they won't be able to agree anyway is because the government won't give them permission anytime soon so i don't know what's going to happen but the, the, the biggest story that, it's funny you mentioned gary neville marcus because the biggest story i found uh, about Gary Neville this week when I saw it on the running order was him absolutely hammering Angel Di Maria uh, yes. because Angel Di Maria's <laughs> wife called Manchester a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, she's awful. She is yeah. absolutely awful. He, he played like a drain when he was here. Quite often you see yeah, that's this. It, yeah. yeah, no, it's, he, he loves Manchester though, doesn't he, Gary? And I sort of, I do yeah. love that about him. I like it when it, someone is so passionate about the home. I'm not slating him. I just thought it was funny. He loves its real estate. 
He does love his real estate. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he's shouting his opinions out of his the windows of it at the moment. He's in, he's every, he's in the news every day. He's got some... Well, that's the thing, Jim. You got well, One thing that's really interesting about this, I think, is you're right to point it out, is the fact that we probably used to hear from Gary Neville every day anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah. always about football. Right? Yeah. He'd be on Sky Sports News one minute, then doing... Monday Night Football or whatever, and, and he would always be on the news cycle. But now he's obviously got no football to talk about. He's just chiming in on stuff. And I don't mind it because, as I said that a week or two ago, I said I think he thinks that football has got a real leadership problem in this crisis and he wants to get some ideas out there. And I don't begrudge him using his platform. And on the real estate thing, obviously, he did an amazing thing for NHS staff as well mm. at his hotels up in Manchester. So he is playing his part. I think. <clears throat> do I think he loves the attention? Yes. Do I think he wants to be front and centre? Yes. Um, but I, I, I feel like he is at least passionate and dedicated to the sport that he loves and wants it to be better. So I've got no problem with that. I just thought it was funny that he called someone an a, a awful person. Or yeah. <laughs> fine, fine, fine time for that. Still fine time for that. The redeem Maria's wife. She, the, some of the stuff she said was unnecessary. Oh, talking yeah. about you know women in Manchester and all the rest of it. I was like, oh come oh, on. No. Oh. Um, but but uh, <laughs> Gary Neville. To be fair, Gary Neville did make the point. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Neville made the point that um, she probably had a bad idea of the city because they they were robbed, weren't they? And obviously that's going to sort of prejudice you against mm. the place. So he was at least balanced and measured. He's a top pundit, even when he's talking about <laughs> wives. Yeah. <laughs> Balanced and measured and then really going in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, gentlemen, um, I couldn't help but notice that this week on the 6th of May marked the 11th anniversary of Barcelona beating Chelsea on away goals in the semi-final of the Champions League that time, much to the uh, dismay and anger of Didier Drogba, uh, of course. Um, and and to, to mark this occasion, Andres Iniesta's been making some surprise video calls from his home in Japan to some of the children born in the apparent baby boom that happened in Catalonia at that time. So the, the, the goal that he scored in the last minute to, to send Barcelona through to the final, obviously Guardiola's first season, they won, what was it, five or six trophies that year? Absolutely incredible. Such a crucial goal, really, in, in, that, mm. in, in the, the club's history at that time. It caused an apparent... Um, Rise, 16% rise in babies born roughly nine months after that match. And Gerard Piquet said straight after the match, there will be a lot of love made tonight. And he was bloody right. I, 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 if this was news, I forget that this sort of happened. Do, do, is this ring any yeah. bells for I you, remember Church? the quote. Mm. I, I just sort of think that like... Me- Men, do, do men and women just do, do men just sort of like kind of like uh, portion out sex when they're sort of feeling feeling oh I'm happy now or the, or the woman says I'm happy now. how why is that why are their babies always born on the anniversaries of, of of big like things happening in certain areas I don't understand it well people mm. people when they're in a good mood they want to you know make babies yeah. not necessarily on purpose uh, well but, I'm in know, a good mood I want to just it. enjoy the moment I don't well, want to then, well shag something the things then, I get up to shag something <laughs> is, that, is that what you're getting at but you've not been in a good mood since about 2012 yeah. so that's, that's not like, but I've been yeah, shagging and, and, constantly <laughs> the, the, the thing about this, <laughs> the thing about um, Andrews and Esther doing this is that I just felt straight away awkward for the kids, isn't it? Mm. What's the last thing you want to hear when you're 11 years old? Yeah. Oh, your parents are having sex. Oh, that's my fault. That is your parents had sex, and it's all down to me. It's weird. It's weird. Mm. Do you know what's more unwelcome? The fucking time difference. Moshy, moshy. It's three in the fucking morning. Is Andrews and Esther for a chat? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, you know I, for I, a fact Andrew Siniesta isn't doing that in the middle of the night. Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'll do it if you could let me do it at 10 a.m. Yeah. yeah. yeah in fact, I'm bringing it in the morning in Spain. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing, uh, Andres? I'm just, you know, just catching up with some of the sperm I inspired back in, uh, back in the day. <laughs> In, in some grown-up sperm. <laughs> Have you ever inspired sperm before? Um, yeah, I, 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 well, I thought it was worth bringing to the table. So did uh, Mr. Iniesta. Make love all the time. Is that a command? Every night, yeah. as a command. <laughs> it's a celebration of the best football ramble that we've ever made. Everybody make love. Get down and make love. For, for, I mean, for all we know, the Football Ramble tour could have inspired a baby boom, but because we did it over a few months, we'll never actually know. Not in Sheffield. Well, you would think, though, <laughs> actually, if I may bring it... <laughs> if I may bring it... That was an amazing show, actually. Um, despite yeah, the in, up yours. initial hiccup. We all made love that night. <laughs> we I was going to say, the that, on stage. you know, that we've been doing the show for a while. We, we'd make a lot of shows. People used to have um, their iPods yeah. on shuffle... Uh-huh. The chances are that people have listened to us while getting down, accidentally, of course. I know for a fact one yeah. friend of mine has lived that nightmare. Um, so there must be <laughs> others. Maybe there are Ramble Babies. Oh, God. Yes. Please. Get please. in touch. I will call your son or daughter. <laughs> and, I'm a, and I'm allowed. Nothing was proved. I'm clear. Uh, <laughs> clip that out, someone. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. I will call your son or daughter. <laughs> right, let, let's move on from Requiem. Let's move on Requiem. from s- smut and shagging. Um, Alan Pardew was talking about his Dutch experiences <laughs> this week in the media. Um, his, his now former uh, side, of course, uh, Adio Den Haag, were, were seven points from safety with nine matches to go, and they won one of his uh, eight matches in charge. And Pards commented, I thought the team responded well, and we definitely improved them. Um, Pards also spoke about working with players from a different culture saying I experienced great professionalism in Dutch football but they are needy in terms of wanting to know exactly what the game plan is and what their role is they think about the game too much at times and could show a bit more freedom in their play Um, so yeah they just want to know what their role is (laughs) you want me to play out wide that's fine what, what, what do, am I to sort of cut inside a bit more? Would you? I'll oh, just get on with it. <laughs> I've given the keeper his gloves. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? In, in England, did he just dance? Was that was that training? Yeah. Just, just do that yeah. dance. <laughs> I could just imagine. I could just imagine that one of the players going to pass. Why is he playing number ten again? It's his ball. He brought the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and why is he goalkeeper? He was. He was here last. All right, and he's I a fattest. Don't, I don't recall him uh, being that into Ben Arthur when he did what he wanted and did showed a bit of freedom in his play. He was farmed oh, yeah. out on the left and then, too much. and then dumped. Too much. <laughs> There's a limit. <laughs> oh, Pardiola. But the thing is, though, Marcus, right? Yeah. Can I can I just chime in on this and just say that he he I'm I'm fairly certain, and I'm not going to get much charity and much agreement on in, on this show for, for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm fairly certain. That's not what Pard meant, or he might well have even been misquoted, or it was kind of out of context. Uh, because even he must know what that's going to sound like. Yeah. Other than that, or he's got so little self awareness about his reputation in the UK, and he's living in a total bubble. When you're the king, you can do what you want. So, do you think that might have played into it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I think he did. He, he said it on a podcast, or he said it on a. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he said those exact words. 
That's there's direct a, uh, quote. There's an, there's an amazing YouTube, uh, you know, like those kind of really expensive uh, kind of master's courses you can buy on YouTube. They're like, you know, they're, they're, they're 25, 50 quid. Oh, master uh, classes, called, right? Master classes, yeah. And you can get like a, t- you can get a master class from like Helen Mirren and acting and, and mm. uh, I don't know, directors directing and stuff like that, writers, artists, stuff like that. But there's one with David Moyes and also Alan Pardew <laughs> d- talking about um, when they play it, like with a, with a little formation part. <laughs> Sort of showing everybody how they uh, how they defeated like and I think I think Newcastle got a got a win against uh, Man United and a very enjoyable one at that admittedly but you know Alan Pardew was basically just showing how uh, Newcastle United didn't respect the centre backs of uh, of Manchester United and that's how they won and stuff I was going bloody hell Pete when's your um, <laughs> where's your skateboard one dropping <laughs> <laughs> kick flips with Donny so Pete can we can we perhaps do a little bit of detective work here because if I'm right. I think that we were laughing about that result because after Pardew masterminded that win over Man United, he said after the game that they played their part, which is obviously really uh, patronising. Ah, right. I was hoping he'd then gone on to do a masterclass as well. Like to really <laughs> rub it in. I'm now going to charge people to uh, to hear about how I did this. If your masterclass involves the word Shola Amiobi, it's not a masterclass. <laughs> Again, you're skateboarding one. Yeah. Can I um, can I play Pardew's advocate here for a bit? Yes. Um, yes. Because um, I saw this quote doing the rounds on Twitter, and a few people in the comments made the point that Dutch players are known for wanting a lot of information and for being very, um, you know, for being very, very kind of. Um, proactive when it comes to tactics and when it comes to to knowing their role and stuff like that so could it be that actually uh, that was just too much for parts that's what that's what i that's what i was sort of getting at jim and you've just obviously said it a lot more articulate than me the 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 cultural background in places like netherlands and italy i think as well it's much more tactically oriented and they also um have a far better tactical understanding because they're they're taught about it from a very young age. Whereas in England we don't quite have a similar background, and so it's probably just a culture clash. And having said that, does Pards help himself? Absolutely yeah, not. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> Read the brochure, Pards. <laughs> yeah. Find out what it's all about. Look at your job title, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Right, Peter. Here's a little story that'll uh, that'll float your ship. Uh, Kuno Becker, the star of the golf films, has revealed that he's written a script for a fourth golf film, Pete Donaldson. Wow. He, I mean, I think he's noticed that every, all of the football fans are in lockdown are getting really desperate and they're watching <laughs> all of the old films. Yeah. <laughs> that, there'll be well, a Dan Dan a Dan call <laughs> yeah. next, next year. Well, he's, he's, he's got his own production company now and, and has apparently directed three films, and, and they weren't the previous three goal films, we should state. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and he said that the, 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 apparently the plot of this fourth goal film, which he's desperate to get out there, uh, catches up with an older Munez who has become a coach. And, and uh, ah. Kuno Becker himself said, I wrote it with others and with a professional structure. It's a story that makes justice to the other two golf films because the third one is a bad movie. It's a disgrace. And they did a horrible job <laughs> in every single way. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
enjoyable. I read that that interview with him as well, and he seemed genuinely, legitimately upset and hurt and angry. Yeah. Oh, I've edited those comments down quite a lot. (laughs) Well, it's the only kind of reason we know the words Kuno Becker, I guess. This this, that was his kind of you would probably call it a breakout role. But the uh, I think the budget for I think I said before the first one was forty. Then that was such a success, so they upped it to fifty with all of the Adidas. Uh, involvement as well and then on the third one 10 million 10 million to make a football film where, where you have to mash real life football footage with uh, with, with pre kind of uh, organised um, uh, 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 actors as well I, I don't know how they managed to do it for 10 million uh, I've not seen it but I if we don't finish the film club and go three I'll be very upset yeah well I mean you are in charge of that Pete <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> I'm you, consistently you... upset with myself so don't Fair. worry about it aren't we all dear all right. Well, let's have a quick break in which Pete can can have a little teary-eyed. Okay. See you in a moment. Welcome back to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. Everybody, right? It's now time for emails with PED. It is time for emails with PTD. And as that uh, little message just said, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, it's show at footballrambledaily.com. First email uh, comes from uh, Thomas Russett. Hello to Thomas Russett. Uh, Evening Ramblers. Uh, During lockdown, I've been listening to some old rambles to avoid housework. DIY are talking to loved ones. And I came across an episode at the end of the 14-15 season where you talk about Nathan Dyer's sideways move from Swansea to Leicester ahead of Leicester's (laughs) uh, Leicester's title-winning season. And it reminded me of Alex Neil's comments the same season at a Norwich fans event. Neil, who when asked the question, what's the hardest thing about signing players for Norwich, said to a room full of people from Norwich, uh, it said, well, getting them to live here is the first challenge. I tried to sign Nathan Dyer in the summer. (laughs) I tried to sign Nathan Dyer in the summer. He assured me that he wouldn't be moving and wanted to stay in Swansea. When he signed on loan for Leicester, I called him and he told me that he didn't want to live in Norwich. And I said, have you ever been to Leicester? It's a shit all and all and hung up. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to defend Norwich here. Norwich is a lovely place. Yeah, it's lovely. It is, but Leicester's lovely as well. You guys, diplomatic. On the the subject of um, sort of fan meetings and and whatever you'd call them, not AGMs, but, you know, those types of things where the owners and the managers meet fans and stuff, there's a really, really good article on The Athletic probably a few weeks ago, although time is now an abstract concept in lockdown, Mm. but I think it was a few weeks ago, where it was Mark Goldberg, very, very controversially owned Crystal Palace for a while, and he was so fearful for his safety at a meeting to meet the fans that he hired Dave Courtney and Dave Courtney's pal for security. (laughs) And there's an amazing... There's an amazing coverage, an amazing um, sort of article about it with the photos and everything that someone, uh, forgive me, whoever wrote it for The Athletic, I forget. It might, I mean, Dom Pfeiffer is the Crystal Palace guy there, maybe it might have been him, but whoever it was did a brilliant job. Um, it's well worth a read if you get a chance. It is absolutely extraordinary what went on. I think that's a really nice, uh, rich seam to mine that, the kind of where managers meet fans. Because you remember the Redknapp and Lampard one as well? From that's on on YouTube where yes. um, the fan just slags off Frank Lampard in that's front of right. his face and Redknapp really, oh, yes. Redknapp comes across really well there. Yeah. But it's it's a really interesting dynamic. 
He called it right because he said he says he's a top player. He's going straight to the top. He'll play for England and all this kind of stuff. And he was absolutely yeah, spot right. on about Lampard, to be fair to him. Yeah. Um, there's an email from uh, Robert Toms. He says, hello, chaps. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. Just a quick question. Do you know Felix, uh, Felix Magath has uh, tried rubbing cheese on the coronavirus? Easy vaccine. Very good. Maybe uh, horse percentage uh, can make an appearance as well. Was that one? Was that one of the things? Yeah, that was Robin Van Persie, wasn't it? He was advised to rub oh, horse placenta yes. on his leg. Ah, oh, that stuff they pumped into Lionel Messi that time. Daniel says hello, <laughs> Daniel from Hull. Uh, hello, all. I was having a very light discussion. I don't know what a very light discussion entails, but I'm enjoying it. A very light discussion about football with a female friend. I, I didn't think we needed the sex, but I, for some reason, Daniel included it with a female friend when she said that it would be weird when football returns indoors. I said it won't be indoors, but it'll be behind closed doors and that football is played outdoors. It's only indoors if the stadium has a closed roof. She is adamant that football is played indoors. So do we think football is played indoors or outdoors? <laughs> and I, 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 I'll level with you guys. This sent me into a bit of a spin because yeah. it's clearly behind doors all of the time. Yeah, there are doors present without a doubt. Yeah, so I'm yes. confused. Mm. Well, one thing that's great about um, behind closed doors is that we have a t- that's a terrible phrase for it, as you've correctly pointed out. But in <laughs> Netherlands, it's called a spook duel or a ghost Ooh. game. Oh, nice. Oh, what a brilliant translation. That is, translation, that is a spook duel. That's magnificent. Yeah, and there's a, there's a good name for it in Germany as well. I can't remember what the German name is for it. I'm sure people will know, but basically mm. Germany and, and Netherlands have a much better phrase for it than we do. That's great. Yeah. So I, actually, thinking about it, Pete, I think I'm also spun out by this, but I mean, it quite, games quite literally are within doors. Aren't they? I think it is played indoors. We've, we, it's yeah, just the I phrase put, indoors yeah. doesn't mean what we think it does. <laughs> it's, just, it's just very, very good. In a way, it's just mad that it's taken us a month and a bit to get to this point. <laughs> what's underneath the barrel? I'm looking forward to seeing what's there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, and also, we got a lot of uh, emails this week from um, uh, people who are listening and have listened to Football Ramble uh, in India. Uh, and every second one of them was basically saying, "I think I'm the only Football Ramble listener in India." So, guys, I'm just saying, you're not you're not alone. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a lot of uh, Indian listeners but we'd like to hear from, from, from more and if you've got any other uh, Bollywood football uh, epics uh, please send them my way because I want to put them into my friends from the Football Ramble Daily and if you'd like to get to the show as always shortfootballrambledaily.com that's the emails Woo. right ladies and gentlemen it's now time for Time Tunnel oh speaking of something spooky it's time yeah. for uh, time for time time. This is my selection this week, wasn't it? I um, I, I opted for um, the show we put out that was as close to five years ago to the day that I could find. And the reason I did that is because five years seems like a long time, but I wondered how much football had changed. So the episode is called Dig Dug. It came out on the twelfth of May, twenty fifteen. It's available still on the Acast app. That's the only app so far I've found that. Um, that, 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 um, that still play shows from that far back, but you, I'm sure you can find them elsewhere. Um, and if you do find them, make sure you use an app conducive to the Patreon ad-free option, should you wish. Um, Sunderland's timely resurgence, uh, resurgence reads the synopsis, Hull City's untimely collapse and West Ham's passive-aggressive end-of-season party antics occupy the attention of Marcus, Jim, Pete and Luke this week when they're not smothering their laughter at Harry's response to QPR's relegation. So... 
QPR have been relegated around this time. Um, the, the chat starts about this is this is an underrated aspect of Joey Barton's uh, career, where QPR are relegated. <laughs> Joey Barton, who is the club captain and uh, kind of behaved in the way that we all know he behaved, says there was a lot. Of, there were a lot of bad eggs in the QPR squad. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's chat about Dick Advocate wearing mm-hmm. a scarf. Um, Pete heralds the incoming confusion on VAR way ahead of time by the way Pete you don't get enough credit for this you said um, that video replays and video angles are far too often proving inconclusive um, uh, on on decisions and on um, and points of view, you're a, you're an absolute sage, Pete. You're a soothsayer. And um, J- Stephen Gerrard using his final game at Stamford Bridge to say in a post match interview, "Nice of the Chelsea fans to turn out today." <laughs> 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 when they basically gave a stand ovation, outrageous <laughs> stuff. So anyway, that's what. And, and there's also a mention of a Sydney Sam and nothing. And I cannot stress this enough. When I talk about what's changed in football in the last five years, the bit about Gareth Bale at Real Madrid <laughs> could have been put out today <laughs> and it would have been exactly the same as it was five years ago. Well, that, yeah. that weekend, Luke, uh, Leicester City secured survival while Sunderland edged closer to it after their goalless Premier League draw. I mean, that could be said now, couldn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> in many ways. Yeah. Well, it's odd, isn't it, that, as you say, Leicester... Would, would, would they went on that amazing run, and that was uh, the prelude, of course, to them winning the league the following season, mm, which yes. is something that not even Pete Donaldson could have predicted. Well, we gave him the chance; he might have been able no. to. Yeah, well, that, that, that's true. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It seems like however many time tunnels we do, that, that um, Leicester winning the league sort of looms over all of them. There's always something that seems like a little breadcrumb or a little, little, you know, <laughs> part of the trail that leads to that incredible, amazing thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I completely forgot that Dick Avocat was manager of Sunderland yeah, and kept them up. Same. I mean, I think of him now. I think of him being quite an avuncular, kind of friendly character. I can't remember who he replaced. Did he replace Decanio? Might have done. Yeah, because because I, I was reading news stories around that time as, as well. Um, outside of what we actually produced on the, on the Ramble, Kit Simmons, manager of Fulham. Yeah, confusing. Yeah, confusing times. He played for Portsmouth as well. Oh, they came, apparently, Dick, Dick Avocat came in um, post Gus Poirier, who came in post De Canio. Um, he was only there for a while, and then Big Sam Adice came in afterwards. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me about, and this, this, this time tunnel thing isn't designed to be like, oh, aren't our shows great? It's about, look, you know, you might have some extra time to listen to some stuff, so you might want to go back and listen to this one for this reason. And it's fascinating to me always to go back and see something that is essentially the same, i.e. football, the big teams are the big teams and the rules stay the same and all that stuff, but it's slightly different, you know? Yeah. And and things that come to your mind like, oh, yeah, Gus Poirier in that mad period of time at Sunderland and then yeah. Dick Avocat turns up and then I've completely forgot Sam Adai's even managed Sunderland. There's so much stuff that goes on. But even like Decanio managing Sunderland, it's just nice to see a northeast team dealing with ethical uh, problems of their own. (laughs) 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 Having to contort their ethical bodies through obstacles. Pete, it was also, um, um, I think it was also Mauricio Pochettino's first uh, season in charge of Spurs. They finished fifth. Mm. 
Um, Southampton did really well. They finished seventh. I think that's the biggest gap between Southampton and Portsmouth ever because Portsmouth finished 16th in League Two that season. And Southampton Ooh. finished seventh in the Premier League. Swansea City, remember them in the Premier League? They were an amazing cameo for a yeah. number of years. They mm. finished eighth in the Premier League that season. Um, and Hull City, Burnley and QPR um, were sadly relegated. Newcastle United stuck around about 15th. Um, they did okay. Um, yeah, so there's lots of stuff to get stuck into. It was, re- it was really enjoyable, actually. Nine months later, a lot of kids were born in Southampton. <laughs> 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 that, yeah. um, that Swansea season would have been when Michi was on fire, right? Is that right? Oh yeah. Um, if they finished eighth, no, I don't think he, I don't think he's I don't think he's when he scored those goals because he wasn't in the top ten top scorers that season. Oh wow. Um, if you if you carry on talking, I'll tell you when he uh, what season he did well in. Well, he was a, yeah. a really brilliant little bright spot, wasn't he? I think he's almost become sort of the touchstone for that player that uh, that sort of shines very brightly, but very very briefly. And um, so it was a couple of seasons before Jim. So that season he went mm. on loan. That got him his loan on move to Napoli because he had right. a very quiet season after his first season at Swansea. So he was on loan at Napoli at that point. Yeah, Sigerson had moved, didn't he? Because Sigerson left and everyone got really annoyed and uh, and he was and Mitchell came in and they were like, Oh, this is rubbish and he turned out to be an absolute diamond for a bit. He he was just one of those players that like that you know, he'll always have an amazing cameo sort of place in Premier League fans' hearts, won't he? Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. he yeah. he was just absolutely ridiculous for for that one season, basically, it's, it's like it's like um, play, Newcastle had a few like Peter Lovenkrantz, like players who you just did not have any kind of interest in, and they just put a shift in. And you're like, oh, he's quite good because he actually cares about playing football. Yeah, he's uh, retired now, Meechu, hasn't he? He's, uh, he was forced to retire. Um, he was only 32, 31. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, yeah. Meech. The, the 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 season he did the season he did his bits and pieces were 2012, 2013, um, and, the, and the Premier League top scorers. Um, that year were about the only players who scored more goals than him in the Premier League that season were uh, Robin Van Persie, Luis Suarez, Gareth Bale and Christian Benteke. So the two of top five goal scorers in the Premier League were Christian Benteke and Michu, um, <laughs> which, which, is, which is amazing. I tell you what, that, that top 10 goal scorers in the Premier League that season is an incredible lineup because it's Van Persie, Suarez, Bale, Benteke, Michu. And then the, the next five, Lukaku, Denver Bar. Dimitar Berbatov for Fulham, Marcus. Yeah, wow. Where he was, uh, yeah, uh, no, Frank, uh, Ricky, Lampert, Ricky Lambert and Frank yes. Lampard. I almost said Ricky Lampard there. Um, <laughs> so a great, a great little lineup. Anyway, it was a great show. Go back and listen to it if you get a chance. It's a fantastic. Um, uh, I, I like the, the the shows that come at the end of the seasons because it, you get to round up all the stuff and yeah. talk about the big, the actual big stories, you know. Uh, yeah, and we also mentioned Massimo Cellino returning to Leeds. And when he got back there, there you go. after uh, sitting the and passing the fit and proper persons test because his ban had been lifted uh, for tax evasion in Italy, so that's all fine. He just said, nothing has been sorted out and instead there is just shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so, yeah. it sounds like um, the, the guy earlier talking about Kuno Becker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Kuno Becker of uh, Leeds United. <clears throat> yeah. Lovely old job. All right, then. It's now, ladies and gentlemen, time for the Masked Winger. Who's under there, under the mask? Let's see if we can figure it out. Who's under there, under the mask? Let's see if we can figure it out. It's the Masked Winger! 
Who is under there? We're going to be finding out right now with the masked winger. I've got a mystery footballer. I'm just I'm scrolling. When I uh, do this remotely, I uh, basically screenshot the email into my gallery and I've just opened a picture of a packet of sausages, which is unhelpful at this juncture. James DeCothy is the uh, Luke, person who came up with his Is it, is it walls? Is it walls? <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they, were beyond, they were beyond meat uh, uh, vegetarian ones. They're very nice. Oh, fashionable. Oh, oh fashionable. Uh, first clue, guys. I was born on the 15th of August 1985 and there are a lot of clues this time so suck it Jim uh, Scott Parker it's not Scott Parker no, he'd be it's not but he, he did yeah. play under Kit Simmons Luke, uh, I yeah I'll just go with Michu mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's not Michu uh, I have been awarded 90 oh. Marcus sorry I, I should have said Marcus I should have said Marcus right. sorry uh, right. George Best <laughs> <laughs> carry on I can disqualify people from the game no, completely. No, you can't. I That's think I can. I think no. I can. Uh, we invented I, this game, Pete, and gave you to present it. It's not your I, game. You can't do that. <laughs> Liar. I have been awarded 97 caps and scored 28 goals for my country. Ooh. Luke. Go on. Rivaldo? It's not, not Rivaldo. 34. Jim. I, Kyle yeah. Lafferty. No. Oh, that's I, a nice guess. I had the pleasure of playing under Big Sven. Hmm. I've played for clubs in the Netherlands, England, France, and I'm currently still playing in Germany. This is a really good round, by the way. Uh, Marcus. Solomon Kalou. Oh, my word, it's Solomon Kalou! Oh, yes. Lovely yes, guess, Marcus. Marcus. <laughs> Beautiful! <laughs> Wow. Congratulations but- to you, Marcus, and to Salomon Kalou, who's since been banned from the Bundesliga for breaking protocol mm. under lockdown. So well done to him as well. Yeah. I recently heard that he um, was 34, which surprised me. And when right. you said your guess, Luke, I remember thinking, Rivaldo's not 34. And then when you, you said that stuff, I just I suddenly thought, I, I know Solomon Kalou's 34. This would work out. And he's been <laughs> in the news recently. I'm going to have a little speculative effort. And it's gone yeah. in off the bar. Love it. 34... And th- at 34 and nine months ago, something amazing happened. <laughs> <laughs> when did he play under Sven? Uh, yeah, when did he? Or maybe he did one of his when pickup artist courses, and that's a bit of a sort of misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> did Sven did spend a bit of time as Ivory Coast manager? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he did. did? He? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 2010. Oh, was it 2010? So it'll be then, then, wouldn't it? That's the only, the only link I can think of. Yeah, he scored his first goals in England in a reserve game against the island nation of uh, Portsmouth, bagging a hat-trick. And when he arrived at Chelsea's training centre, he took a camera because he couldn't believe that he was going to be rubbing shoulders with the likes of Michael Ballack and John Terry. So there mm. you go. I think we actually <laughs> met him as well, didn't we? We went to Stamford Bridge once. Yeah, Chelsea once, yeah. Yeah. Part, part of the care too. So thank you very much to uh, James Acothy for that particular uh, mass winger. That'll be back next week. If you want to get in touch uh, with me personally, outside of the prying eyes of Jim and Marcus and Mr. Luke, uh, you can send your clues to glold at footballramaldaily.com. Lovely old job. Lovely old job. Uh, before we go, a reminder that we're watching Final Score featuring Dave Bautista for Pete's Film Club on Monday. It promises to be a belter. The animal! Sorry? The animal. He's, he's the animal uh, in, in wrestling, isn't he? Oh, of course he isn't. And do be sure to, to check out his uh, his jeans, which Pete has assured us are rather impressive during that Big film. Big boy jeans. 
Yes, uh, and on Greatest Games tomorrow with myself and Jonathan Wilson, we have Japan 3, Denmark 1 from the 2010 World Cup with Shinobo Yamanaka, who uh, is, 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 he gives um, a totally different perspective on what we may think is a sort of a, a fairly standard first round group game, but actually a, a result that meant a lot to uh, the good people of Japan. So um, interesting stuff there. So, so do check that out. Uh, of course, we're back on Monday with uh, the Football Ramble. Uh, but until then, thank you very much, Pete Donaldson. Are you assuming a sight? Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Yeah, and don't forget, you can now get ad-free episodes of all of our shows over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Football Ramble Daily. Enjoy. Thank you very much for your support. And it's goodbye from me. Have a great weekend. And thank you very much, Jim Campbell. You're all so welcome. <laughs> and thank you, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, for listening to the preview show sponsored by Betway. We'll see you very, very soon. This was a Stakhanov production.